lecture is taken from the graduate course Introduction to Charitable Planning at Texas Tech University. To download the PowerPoint slides for this lecture, or to take the online quiz for this lecture, or to find out more about the Graduate Certificate in Charitable Financial Planning at Texas Tech University, go to EncourageGenerosity.com. So there's a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk about after this section. I, I cannot make this section interesting, um, but we're going to do it anyway. It's just the rules for documenting charitable contributions. I can't make it interesting. I've done my best to try to simplify it as much as possible, but it's just a whole big, long list of rules. So I have spent a lot of time doing some really nice graphics with the really long list of rules. Uh, so let's just start out with our TAC board and see what goes on there. If you are giving cash of less than $250, you can use any of these things. You can use a canceled check. I wrote a check to a charity. Here's the canceled check. That's all the documentation you need. You can use a credit card statement. If you say, um, I uh, swiped the credit card, gave it to this charity. Here's the credit card statement. That's all you need. If you want, you can have a uh, note from the charity, uh, and that note can be a simple receipt. And um, this is not, not the latest version, or maybe I lost something. But uh, it, it doesn't have to have this statement on it for cash gets under 250 or it can have this statement on it. It just has the amount. And uh, that you were the person that gave it, that's enough. You can get the standard now. Charities will say no, no goods or services were provided in exchange for these gifts or describe the value of the items provided. That works as well. Any of those things will work if it's under 250 Okay, Those are all good. Now, if we get cash that is $250 or more, this is the only thing that works. You have to have some kind of note from a charity. It can be a letter. It can be a receipt form. It can be an email even. But you've got to have some kind of communication from a charity that you get before your taxes are filed or if you don't file them before they're due. Um, now, this means that uh, if you do an extension, that's fine. That's before they're, 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 because then the due date is pushed back. Just got to have the amount, uh, of course, that it was you that gave it. And this phrase here, or something similar to it. No goods or services were provided in exchange for these gifts. Some phrase like that. Or if they did give you something for it, describe what the item was and, and its value. Okay? So that is for cash gifts above 250000 You have to have that. Or, uh, I'm sorry, above $250, not 1000 $250. 250 or above, got to have that. That means a... Uh, the uh, cancel check will work for any gifts below 250, and the, uh, the IRS will not combine them. So if you write one check to your church on Sunday morning for 210, and another check at the evening service for 240, that's all good. Okay? Each of those gifts was under 250. So um, all we need is the cancel check. This works fine. Uh, so if I continue to give to the same charity each day, I write them a check for $240, that's fine. That documentation works. If, however, I ever write them a check for $260, cancel check's not good enough. Now I've got to have a note from the charity that says no goods or services were given. 
Uh, okay, uh, some minor things were in the middle of the campaign for state employees. So what happens if you give to a general campaign that's divided up amongst a number of different uh, charities? Uh, if you give through payroll deduction at work to United Appeal, there isn't a specific charity to get a receipt from. How do you substantiate? Um, and this is an old version. I've updated this. Anyway, so if any single gift is 250 or more, you use a pledge card indicating no goods or services are given in exchange in the W-2 or pay stub. But, so basically, the issue here is you say, okay, well, I just give to a United Charity Appeal. I don't have a particular charity that I can get a receipt from. What's the answer? The answer is, well, if you bring in your W-2 and the pledge card, and on the pledge card it says no goods or services will be given in exchange for this gift, that works. So there is a reasonable exception for those things. What about documenting gifts of property? Um, okay, so if we got gifts of property, uh, we need this same note, and we've got to add something. Now that we're doing gifts of property, we not only need that note, we need the donors got to have reliable records of the gift, the charity, the date, the place, and the fair market value. Or if we get into one of those situations where uh, we need not fair market value but also cost basis, then the donor's going to have records of that. So this has just got to be the donor's own reliable records of these things. Uh, other than that, what you've got to have is the same note from the charity, except now since it's a piece of property, it's just going to describe the property when it was given where it was given. Okay? So that's how property gifts work. Very similar, instead of putting the dollar amount in the donor, it's described the property where it was given and the, uh, and, and the date. Uh, and, and, the, and you put the same phrase here, no goods or services were provided in exchange for these gifts. So the thing you add when it's property is the donor's got to have his or her own records um, about uh, the, uh, those uh, items that we have to prove for the deduction. Okay, so how do you do this? Right? I need a note from the charity that says, this is how much I gave. What if we have this kind of thing? There's an exception. The property gifts are under 250. You don't have to have a receipt where it's not practical. If it's under 250, we'll get by with your own reliable records that says, yes, I went down and put good quality clothing in there worth $180. And describe it and uh, uh, provide your own records for it. That's permitted. Got to be under 250, though. So you don't need that um, first thing. And. Uh, Okay, so sorry about the font there. Well, you get the idea, hopefully, that you uh, don't need this. It's not even going to let me see this thing here. Um, sorry. Uh, nope, that didn't work. All right. And this, to do this. Problem is it doesn't, re doesn't recognize the uh, font that I used. Okay, so otherwise, we need to have this thing, which is the, um, uh, in most cases, we got to have that letter from the charity. All right. I'm going to have to go through and do all these things. All right. Now, if you give property more than 250, then... The actual form. The 8283, that's what it looks like. The form itself. You've got to file one of these forms if you're given property worth more than $500. Given property worth more than $500, you not only have to have the normal stuff, but you've got to file a special form with your, um, uh, with your tax return. 
if you are giving a car, plane, or boat worth uh, more than $500, then you add on to it this form. Is that plus? 1098C. In addition to? In addition to? They're all, you got to have everything on the tax board. Wow. Got to have it all. Okay. It all goes together. This actually you get from the charity 30 days after the gift if they're using it or uh, after the sale if they sell it. Um, but if it's a car, plane, or boat, you have this form and this form. And notice they look different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, question. So we don't submit all that, but we don't have to submit the note from the charity with our taxes, do we? That's just in case we get audited? That's correct. The note from the charity doesn't go in. The IRS forms obviously go in, but the, but the note from the charity is just what you keep. That's correct. Oh, so you don't Well, you would, state, you would have to submit both of the actual IRS forms. But not the note and your note. Not the note and your records, but you have to have your records right. if you're audited. Okay. All right. Don't get audited. There you go. So um, if you have property... So again, just to go back, car, plane, or boat, you need this special form on top of everything else. Property over 500, you got to file this 8283 form. Okay? And a property over 5,000, you need to add on a summary of a qualified appraisal attached to the return. So if you are deducting an item of property worth $5,000 or more, got to get an appraisal and summary of that qualified appraisal, you actually attach that summary, usually a one-page deal, is attached to the tax return. So that's my uh, uh, example picture of a, of a summary. Well, I appreciate that. And then if you get into the really big dollars, sorry for this font <laughs> annoyance. Oh, that messed that one up too. Okay, well, all right. Um, if you uh, get into the really big dollars, over a half a million in property, or artwork over 20000 because we don't trust artwork, because what's it worth? Who knows? You actually have to attach the entire qualified appraisal. So the big, the whole book that comes with it, you got to send that in as well, okay? Because it's basically letting you know if you're giving artwork over $20,000, we're going to spend a lot of time on your return because we don't trust you. And so you better send in the whole qualified appraisal, Okay. All right. Um, if it's a publicly traded security of any amount, don't need an appraisal. Even if you think the market value is not accurately reflecting the underlying value of the stock. So, no appraisal. <laughs> uh, okay, one other note. Um, I mentioned that uh, charities are always giving these notes that say no goods or services were provided in exchange for these gifts or describe in value the items. If it's something small, the charity doesn't have to describe and value the item. Okay? So what's something small? Well, if it is something the charity gave back that is less than 2% of the donation, equal to or less than 2% of don the donation. If the charity is giving back something to the donor that's worth less than or equal to 2% of the donation up to a maximum benefit this year of $96. It's inflation adjusted every year. Charity doesn't have to report it. Just forget it. Don't report it. Don't tell us. Just uh, go with this phrase here. Okay. Or if you give a uh, gift, um, uh, if the uh, charity gives some sort of benefit that's worth 
uh, less than or equal to $9.60. Again, it's, it, it's adjusted each year, so that's just the number for this year. They don't have to report that as long as the donation was $48 or more. So if they say, if you give $50 to the university, we'll give you this Texas Tech mug. Mug's worth $9. They don't have to report that when they issue you the receipt for your $50. Okay? They just say $50 gift. It's de minimis. It's, it's minor. And then finally, here's this thing for uh, if they're selling a membership. That's wrong. If, there's, uh, if membership costs $75 or more. So this is just a whole train wreck what's happening here. Okay, so if the membership costs $75 or more, then um, uh, they can give uh, member events, shop discounts. If the event didn't cost more than $9.60 per person uh, or entry to ongoing events, uh, none of that has to be noted on this particular form. So, so the basic concept is little tiny things we don't worry about. The charity doesn't have to mention that. You know, we gave you a... Uh, uh, a uh, uh, stuffed uh, Red Ranger or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, any one of them. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into some more interesting things. So those are all the rules. The rules are annoying, but we have to sort of know them. Um, is this really a big deal? If what if I actually do it right, except for some documentation thing? What if I hit the target, I actually deduct the right amount, uh, I value the property correctly, but I miss some, uh, some part of the process? Is this documentation really a big deal? Well, let's look at some case law. Here's an example. Donor gives $80,000 of non-publicly traded stock has a basis of, the donor approves, has a basis of $3,700 to charity. There is no qualified appraisal that is completed. But the donor, the taxpayer, accurately valued it, $80,000. No dispute on that. Agreed that the taxpayer accurately valued it, but the taxpayer did not get an appraisal. What is the result? in this particular case? Answer, the deduction was reduced to $3,700 basis. Uh, this is a uh, case of Hewitt versus Commissioner. Um, you heard of Jackson Hewitt? That's this. That was before they were publicly traded. Hewitt is the Hewitt of Jackson Hewitt. Gave some money right before they started publicly trading and uh, did it wrong. If he had had a personal financial planning advisor, really could have told him. He took his tax return to the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's see. It's another case. So what, what, does he just have to pay the difference, or does he get a penalty as well? Gets a penalty as well. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to think in that case, did they? I think maybe they just charged some interest in that one. I, I don't remember what the actual. They, yeah. they could potentially charge the back guy's interest then. Yeah. yeah. Well, 15% on the 70 gain, right? That's what you would probably miss the baseline you would have. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't recall on that particular case what the ultimate um, 
penalties on top were or interest. Person that owed seventy thousand in that kind of a case, if he's going to owe fifteen percent on it, probably a long term gain, so plus interest and something else, negligence since he should know since he's in that industry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, depends. Not necessarily come through in every case. Here was another case. This one more recent. I think this year. I'll see in a minute. The donor gives $435,000 of equipment to a public charity, um, but the appraisal reports he has and the receipts that he has leave out some stuff. Uh, so it's an appraisal, but it's not a qualified appraisal because it left out some stuff. Uh, later, finds out he's getting audited, goes back and gets the appraisals that are qualified appraisals, meet everything to prove 435000 was the right number. And it was, in fact, the right number. Okay? That's the result. Oh, no deduction. And we're going to give you a 20% penalty for underpayment of your taxes, um, plus uh, all of the uh, uh, interest and such. Yeah, that was this year. Um, the idea is this. The court says the requirement is that you get a qualified appraisal. If it was a circumstance where a person got a qualified appraisal and then, you know, they attached the wrong part or they didn't report that correctly, we might be able to overlook it. But you never had a qualified appraisal. So there's nothing for you to report. There's nothing for you to put on the tax return because you didn't have one. And this idea of, oh, I think I'll go get one later, it's not what the rule says. The rule says you've got to have this before taxes are due or you file uh, the tax return. So we don't care that you went out and got one later. And frankly, we don't care that your valuation was correct because the appraisal report that you based it on was not a qualified appraisal report. So your $435,000 deduction becomes zero. Um, that was this year. Oh, and by the way, we don't like you, so 20% penalty as well. So, yeah, it's annoying, but you can't just, it's too risky to just kind of almost get there, all right? So do you think at that point that donor went after his CPI? Because somebody that gives four hundred. I'm trying to remember in this case, um, the donor tried to, see the donor tried to use a defense to avoid this by saying the advisor was handling everything for me, which sometimes can work to avoid a penalty. In this case, it didn't work to avoid a penalty for two reasons. Well, the court was just really annoyed at the guy, obviously. One was the person he was using as an advisor, I think, was not an actual, um, was not sort of licensed to be a, a tax advisor. And the tax advisor uh, testified that the person withheld information from him. So if you withhold information from your advisor, then you can't say, well, the advisor told me to do it. And so in this case, they gave him 20% penalty because um, of that. But I'm sure if you're an advisor and you're thinking you're going to get sued for 435000 then you may testify against the guy. Well, he didn't tell me everything. <laughs> yeah. So, can't, can be a big deal.